Sean is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? That's a little swollen. It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. The stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to a mini Witty episode of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self-rated podcast about sports entertainment and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us at Witty Sports 716 on Twitter, on Instagram. Follow everything Built in Buffalo family has given you on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere you can find Bill's News. You can find Built in Buffalo at Built in Buffalo underscore taken over. I am your host. I'm Matt Greco. Joining me, a very special guest co-host from the Built-in Buffalo family, host of the Red Zone Report, Sunday nights on the Built-in Buffalo YouTube channel, Facebook page. It's Izzy, the man. Well, not the myth because he's real, but also the legend. Izzy, Izzy, what's going on tonight, man? Not much, man. You know, just here to have a little fun talking about football like like I always love to do. Always love talking about our Bills training camp well underway. There's been some highs. There's been some lows. There's been some scares. There's been some cheers. We've got a little bit of everything here in the first week and a half or so. So we thought for this episode, and because you're our special guest, we would talk about just a single topic. Again, keeping it short this week for Woody Nation. Um, But after this first week and a half, based on all the reports we read, the videos we've seen, the other shows we've listened to, and and the content we've heard, who are the players we are most excited to see after this first week of training camp and going into the preseason and into the season? Izzy, Tony usually does like a uh, a parody song. I don't know if you have anything prepared, but I'm guessing no. <laughs> no, I don't have a parody song. Okay, all right. Well, next time, <laughs> next time we have you out, we'll get we'll get you going here. Yeah, but no, let's 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 talk about some Bills players. Izzy, since you are our esteemed honored guest here, uh, who Thank is you. the one player you can kick us off? Who is the one player you, uh, based on what you've read so far, based on what you've seen? or heard about at training camp? Who's the one player you're excited to see during the preseason and into the season on the Bills roster? So into preseason and regular season, I think that the number one guy that we've been hearing about has to be Isaiah McKenzie. I mean, the the dude's been lighting it up in practice. Cole Beasley, you know, no longer with the team. But as Isaiah said himself, you know, the last couple of years under Cole, even though Cole's not as fast as him, Cole's master of footwork. And Isaiah has learned quite a bit from him, and it's showing. He's learning leverages. He's learning how to you know lean on the defender to give the defender an idea of where he's going and then he's not going there at all. Him and Taron Johnson, one of the best nickel backs in the NFL, have been battling it out. And you know, there's not a lot of guys better to go against in practice than you know Taron Johnson. That that guy's that guy's legit. I mean, a couple years ago in the playoffs, he he won us that Ravens game with that pick six for you know what was it 103 yards. Isaiah McKenzie going into practice now and and the way he's showing out and the work he's putting in. Yeah, right. Two years later. Yeah, I was yelling no, I, for 100, I, I 103 was, yards. <laughs> I was over. It was over for me after that. I could not 
speak for like a day. My boss was yeah, right? meeting, like, what happened to you? What happened to you? <laughs> but um, my McKenzie is like, we were all thinking Jameson Crowder is going to be the guy. And then he, he was injured for the first few days. And he looks good now that he's back. But McKenzie has just been like, you're not taking my job, boy. You're not taking my job. Yeah. And, and Isaiah has been the talk of training camp, the face of the franchise. And, you know, he's he's kind of starting to live up to that that moniker a little, that label a little. I mean, he's he's been all the talk on uh, in Bill's media here with how he's played during this camp. And, you know, he's he's a guy who for his first two, three years here with the Bills, every time he gets the ball, it seems like he does something positive with it. Right. And and we're left yeah. wondering, well, why isn't Isaiah McKenzie out there more? Why isn't he getting the ball more? Why isn't he getting more touches? And we finally saw what he could do, that potential come full circle, I guess, if you will, or last year against the Patriots when he just broke out for an incredible Ooh. game with double-digit touches and over 100 yards. Yeah. He's unstoppable. Was it, a, was it 11 catches for a 124 and a touchdown? Yeah, that sounds Something like that, that sounds about right. Yeah, and and he just seems like he's been waiting in the wings, you know, sitting behind guys like Cole Beasley, who you mentioned, who might not have the speed, might not have the, the talent Isaiah had, but had the pedigree, had the experience, and maybe that's what the Bills coaching staff was looking for early in Josh's career, just a just a kind of safety valve at slot receiver, a, a guy who they know Josh can go to in a pinch, and and Cole had that experience, but. Isaiah, I think, has just been waiting in the wings, and now is his chance to seize that opportunity he's been waiting on for so long. And good, good foresight from Isaiah. Like he could have went anywhere this offseason, but he chose to be back here. I mean, this was Absolutely. a high-powered offense, and there's a lot of a lot of weapons on this team. And he might not be a guy who whoever gets 80 catches for over a thousand yards, but he saw that. There's an opportunity for him to be a weapon in this offense. And I think they can use him in a lot of creative ways they have in the past. And now it's just going to be yeah. tenfold with a guy like Gabe Davis lining up on the outside and, you know, an offensive line that seems more athletic on paper than they ever had before during the Josh Allen era here. So I feel like Isaiah McKenzie and I think Sal Capaccio put out a tweet or said one of the, the Bills beat writers put out a tweet that said, if you weren't considering Isaiah McKenzie for your fantasy team, like, you better start considering Isaiah McKenzie for your fantasy team because he he's yeah. very involved in this offense and I and I love it. So yeah, and uh, I just pulled up the stats for that game. I was off by one yard. It was eleven receptions for oh, one twenty five and that's one touchdown. It. Show over. We got to cancel. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. I don't know how I remember. How, da- stuff how like dare that. you be off a yard? <laughs> I don't know Give how I remember stuff do. so closely. That's crazy. <laughs> Little dirty face of the franchise. What what is your projection for Isaiah McKenzie this year? What what is what is considered like a a good season in your book for Isaiah? Uh, I would say for Isaiah McKenzie, I'd say about seventy receptions on okay. probably eighty five to ninety targets. I would I would I would have said eighty to ninety like Cole Beasley on the targets, you know, on the, on the receptions. But he's got Crowder who's going to see a little, little action in there, and you've got you know, Khalil Shakir who's going to see some action in there. So I think that even though he's a starter, he's still going to be a rotating spot, and you want to have that because Khalil Shakir is a taller guy. So if you're in the red zone, you might want to stick him in there. If you're running like a sluggos or something like that, I think that. Crowder is a little better suited for that type of deal, but you also don't want to box anybody in. So uh, I think that he's going to see a significantly increased role in this offense, but he still has other guys that are on his team that that can eat some of that that uh, that load off him. So I think that Isaiah McKenzie is going to have probably close to seventy receptions. I'd say seven to eight hundred yards and five touchdowns. 
Yeah, I think that's that's fair. I mean, in ever since Ken Dorsey was hired as offensive coordinator, and you know, I, I'm assuming, and I think we all assume that he's going to keep the majority of Dable's offense. Was you know, you, you don't want to you don't want to reinvent the wheel here if it if it's turning and working correctly. But ever since Dorsey was hired, and we were thinking, you know, what could Dorsey's offense look like? At least in my mind, it was always how is he going to use Isaiah McKenzie if he's going to use Isaiah McKenzie more? And and Good it looks like question. Isaiah McKenzie is a, a big-time player in this offense. Well, if you remember, correct, uh, Dable really loved McKenzie. And if McKenzie didn't resign with us, he's probably going to be a giant. That, that's right. just the reality of the situation. Dable, when being questioned about Isaiah McKenzie, he, he, every time he, he heard his name, he's like, look, I love that kid. I freaking love that kid. Uh, mm-hmm. Lights up a room, can play the game well. But the ball in his hands is hard to get to, and it's correct. And he was making acrobatic catches in that Patriots game. I don't know if you remember, but he was climbing the ladder to catch some of them passes. And people were like, I didn't know Dirty had that in him. And his name, <laughs> Little Dirty, actually takes me back to when I first joined the military. Uh, I was in the elusive 5th platoon down there at Wisconsin, Alabama, for uh, my training unit. And we were the filthy 5th. So nice. there's that. Our opportunity, nice. opportunity you got, you got to go. connection there to Isaiah. <laughs> yeah, I, so when, he, when they said... You know, a little dirty. We would yell "dirty" whenever we, you know, we'd we'd uh, start our formations, and then everybody would go still filthy. So it was a it was a thing for us back when I was in the army days. So I loved the little dirty thing, and then with Matikavich too. You know, the whole dirty red. So those those two guys for sure. That's a great that's a great first pick. My first pick. I'm gonna go with a, a guy currently playing for a contract. I think he is going to just blow up this year, and that's Ed Oliver. Everything I'm reading. From training camp, just because of who they've brought in in Von Miller mm-hmm. and who he has lining up next to him, Greg Rousseau, and bringing in Daquan Jones and Tim Settle. I think Ed Oliver is poised to just. I, I thought he he kind of played to the level we expected him to play when we drafted him last year. I thought, man, Ed Oliver's he was the most consistent guy on that defensive line, and and yeah. you know maybe it was because. We didn't have a defensive line that could finish. Jerry Hughes, great player, couldn't finish. Mario Adson could be a great player. He was a great player in Carolina. I don't know if he lived up to the hype in Buffalo, but just guys who couldn't finish. But Oliver always seemed like the consistent common denominator of who's a guy who can make a play, who can be a disruptor on that defensive line. And now you just add these pieces around him. Daquan Jones is going to be, I think, one of the more important signings of this offseason in terms of being the glue guy, being the star Latule that star never was, or who we hoped star would be. Bringing in Tim Settle was early. Guy. Yeah, he was early, and then the pandemic. Like the first, and I never, I, he was never the same after that, right? Yeah. yeah. Once, once he took that year off, he just, yeah. when everything everybody said about him before, I started to see after the pandemic. I was like, I can see what you guys felt but from the from what i could see he just didn't he wasn't doing that in from my perspective and then right after that exactly. i was like he's doing exactly what you guys are saying he's getting washed out in every play and he wasn't before but now he certainly is exactly so, yeah. exactly and you get gregory Rousseau adding 15 pounds of muscle in his second year learning from von miller just gonna i think is gonna make a huge jump and he might be one of my picks here coming up spoiler alert or maybe one of your picks but you know i just think ed oliver is poised he's playing for a new contract i just think he's going to be an absolute monster he looks more comfortable than ever in training camp he looks like maybe to a fault because he almost took out josh allen the other day but he looks like he's just getting after the quarterback he's getting in the backfield consistently he's becoming the closest thing to aaron donald 
that the Bills have. And that that's who we hope for. That's who we hope for when he was drafted and, and Aaron Donald 2.0 or diet Aaron Donald or Aaron Donald Blight. And I, I just think him under the tutelage of Von Miller is just going to take his game to the next level. Just like Aaron Donald was quoted as saying when Von came in last year, he taught him things that he didn't know he could do or that he didn't know about the game and just took his game to another level. So I, I just think that that same effect's going to uh, happen with that Oliver. And I, I'm super excited to see what Ed can do this preseason and going into th- this season here coming up. Yeah, hey, I'm here for it. Uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly with the whole, Ed Oliver talk last year, he was the guy who was double teamed more than anybody because no one else could consistently get to the quarterback. Ed was, right. you know, coming up the gut. And if you don't stop him, then he's getting to the quarterback. Uh, Jerry, you know, he, he immense pressure from Jerry Hughes. You know, he, he's the guy who always has pressure on QBs, but he just he couldn't finish the job. You know, and Addison with five sacks last year, you know, that's the most we had on the whole team. The next number was four. And that was yeah, that's uh, sad. Root five and just Oliver. Five. Yeah. <laughs> Five. Like Chris, Chris Kelsey had, numbers. <laughs> yeah, we we had like we had plenty of sacks as a team. Yeah, we were probably middle middle of the pack, but they were spread out. We didn't have one guy who was just right. murdering people. We didn't we didn't have that. We now have, we have that. We have a couple yeah, guys. We have that. Oh yeah, and AJ Panessa looking good in camp too. So you know the whole yeah. defensive line room. Boogies look good too. Yeah, having I mean, Boogie and AJ behind. Yeah, maybe <laughs> AJ's got a start being consistent to or his roster spots uh, up in the air, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, you look at all of our stats last year. I mean, he he blew up. I mean, you're looking at tackles oh, yeah. for loss, 10 tackles for losses. That's his highest almost by by double in his career here. QB hits 14 QB hits last year alone. Yeah. That's that's the total of his first two years combined. So that and that's with that kind of I wouldn't say bad defensive line around him, but you know spread out in terms of putting up stats defensive line average. Yeah, they were average. Uh, Now you're talking about Von Miller and Daquan Jones and Tim Settle, who's had a settle. I I think has a lot of potential. Who was underutilized in Washington? So boogie coming in his second year. Yeah. Exactly, he's hyped up. Tim, Tim Settle's right. energy, bro. Like, and he's he's not that he's not the athlete that most of the guys on that defensive line are. But right. he is his motor. He is yeah. all motor. Just let's go. He, his yep, motor absolutely. reminds me of Aaron Schobel's motor. Remember Aaron Schobel? Oh yeah, Aaron Schobel. He, he, he doesn't he doesn't play like Aaron Schobel, but his motor, or his never quit moving, is Aaron Schobel, Kyle Williams esque. Yes, but good comparison. There's a lot more like to that. it than just that. Absolutely, absolutely, making plays. Uh, Izzy, who's your uh, who's your second guy you are excited to see this preseason and this season? Uh, so I have to go with one of the guys who's been getting all again some of the some of the biggest press, some praise. You know, very little, um, very little talk that he hasn't been performing well. Like it, it seems like he's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. And that's Kyir Elam, rookie cornerback out of Florida. Yeah, uh, going against Diggs every day in practice, going against Gabe Davis every day in practice, and holding his own as a first year player. I I, I had him mocked to us way back uh, in April, not in April, uh, in March. But it was using a simulator, so it's not like I chose the whole draft and he was our pick. It was just he was available, and I was like, we're going corner, and that's just the way it is. Uh, it happened to be correct. So it was not like a, a crazy prediction on my part. It was just that's who was left in the simulator. So Kair Elam, though, hearing all the good stuff, you know, and learning from the mistakes he's making in the practice and Stefan Diggs getting upset with him. Like, look, it's not how we practice. This is what we got to do. We got to get better at practice. So that way when we get in mid game, you know, you can go out there and perform the way you're supposed to uh, practice correctly. So the veterans are, you know, helping him out and potentially one day 
next couple years, you may see him surpass Tre'Davious White as a QB as, as the CB one, and that's 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 a tough task because Tre'Davious White to me is a top five corner in this league. But if yeah. Kair, with his work ethic, his study his study capacity and capabilities, and his drive to study, not to mention his physicality and physical ability, he's a four three nine corner. He's the fastest corner on his team. He's the fastest defender we've got. So if it's me, I'm I'm if I'm a betting boy, I'm betting on Kair Elam to be a beast going forward in his career. Well, as soon as he learns, you know how what he can and can't get away with in the NFL. That kid's gonna be a problem. Yeah, I I think every every day I read a report, it seems like he is improving and um, he, he's showing better and better every day. And I just go back to you know his his time leading up to the draft and his meeting with the Bills and that giant notebook he hands Bean and McDermott during his pre-draft meeting with them, like. That notebook, can you imagine how thick that thing is now going against Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis? Like, yeah, absolutely. Be like an encyclopedia. He's like, Josh is the best quarterback I've ever seen. And it's like, I don't doubt it. Like, you're in the SEC, but the SEC is not exactly known for quarterbacks. Not lately. Right. You know, it's been a, it's been a while since Eli Manning was drafted out of the SEC. You know, right. I think the the last the really good one so that's in the NFL too. now is Matt Stafford. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, so Matt Stafford's the last great from the SEC, if I remember, out of Georgia. So it's it's been a while. It's a great one out of the SEC. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, Jake Fromm, but he's he's getting there. <laughs> he's getting there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Kyrie was uh, quoted as saying, "You know, all these guys are elite." And it's just about getting the timing and getting it out of your breaks and, and doing the little things. Like there's no, he's quoted as saying, there's no margin for error. There's no time for slip ups and late movements or false steps. So it's a big difference from college. So again, like you're going against day in and day out, you're going against the best in the game. Not only Stefan Diggs, one of, if not the best route runner in the game, but Gabe Davis, a guy who just catches everything that comes his way. It seems like huge catch radius and, um, you know, different, different type of skill set than Stefan Diggs. So he's getting that versatility in his coverages and just learning different routes and a different way receivers play. And, and Isaiah brings speed. So if you're going against Isaiah on the outside and and even going against Josh, Josh is now, I, I think he can be labeled a veteran, just what, what NFL quarterbacks do in terms of looking down safeties and like all, all this stuff they do with their eyes and pump fakes. And like, he's, he's gotta be just a sponge learning all this stuff. And it seems like he's getting better every day. When you look at his stats in college, I mean, nothing's going to pop out at you. I mean, he's only totaled a career high in college of two interceptions, pass passes deflected, defended, uh, you know, last year he had five year before he had 11, which is great, but you know, not nothing crazy, but you know, I think like you said, like the sec doesn't really present itself in that way to put up these sexy stats if you will so i just think it's a it's a wide receiver driven conference i mean if you look look at the sec they don't produce a lot of quarterbacks but wide receivers uh, receivers aj brown dk metcalf freaking anybody from alabama every every yeah everyone from alabama williams waddle uh smith unfortunately henry ruggs yeah smith Uh, there's just so many guys in the sec that come from at the wide receiver position. So for him to not have that is is more of a testament to the amount of pass breakups he had, which was a good amount. Because those receivers are not letting you intercept the pass; they're either coming down with it or they're getting rid of it. So it's, his level of intelligence is really what strikes me. Because a lot of times, That's a good point. corners that come into league, yeah, the, the corners that come into the NFL, not all the time are that smart. I don't know if I don't know if you remember Leotis McKelvin, but. 
course. I couldn't understand what he was saying most of the time, right? But, but the then you had guys like Richard Leotis. Sherman. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Leotis. Physically, he was a monster, but I mean, 428 speed, he was just different. But yeah. then you have guys like Richard Sherman who are a physical size freak, but the intelligence is there. And he didn't have to, you know, do anything special aside from read what you were going to do and then be there before you. And I think that Kyrie Elam is actually going to develop that way because his study habits, his intelligence, and then his physical ability to move, all of those things combined with the work ethic is really what's going to drive this kid to be that good. He yeah. he ha- he is just incredible for such a young man. And coming from the yeah, pedigree, I think that does, comes from his pedigree too, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. background, not only the playing high level in the SEC, but, you know, the pedigree and his family, his uncle and his father both played in the NFL. I think kid's got a good head on his shoulders. He comes in, he knows he's got to work despite being a first round pick. No, he knows nothing's given to him. Um, yep. Even though they're putting him right on the first team, he knows he needs to prove himself. I, I think it's all going to, you know, the old cliche of iron sharpens iron, but I think it's all going to yeah. be good. And like you said, if, if we get a, a 1A and a 1B in terms of quarterbacks with him and Tredavious White in the end, I, I think that's it's only terrifying. good for the Bills. That's terrifying, that's terrifying. for other offenses. It's, yeah. it's going to result in coverage sacks. And then uh, if you, I don't know if you realize the pattern here lately in the NFL, but a lot of guys who are second generation corners and safeties are really, really good. Like Antoine Winfield Jr. is a monster, right? You look at uh, Patrick Sertain drafted last year. He played very, very well. And then uh, Asante Samuel Jr. A lot of these these second-generation DBs. You know, I haven't seen one position come from a second generation of players that's done so well in the NFL in a long time. And now we have Kair Elam, who himself is a second-generation player. I, 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 I have a good feeling about this kid. I really like this. I really like the pick. It's a good pick. I think he's going to be just fine. And they're, they're putting him right into the fire. And he's going to get tested early with this tough opening schedule for the Bills. So we'll see if he's up to the test. But I think, I think if any any cornerback uh, drafted in the first round is up for the test, it's it's Kyrie. So great number two pick there. Uh, my number two, I'm actually going to go off the book. I'm going to go with another cornerback who I was excited about last year, who seems to have continued his good play, uh, even though he didn't get many snaps think, last year in terms of I think of I know who it is. Who do you think? I'll Cam see. Lewis. No, actually, no. no. I, I do. I do like Cam Lewis because I think he's a guy who could just plug and play, and he's not gonna. He's not gonna flash, but he's not gonna mess up. I, I do like Cam Lewis, and he's a UB guy, of course. So you got to support that. Uh, shout out uh, Blue Collar U as well, uh, TBT champions. But um, there we go. Speaking of UB, speaking of UB, no, I'm gonna go with Nick McLeod. Ooh, good pick. I really. I I am of the mindset, and this might be a hot take, Izzy, but I'm of the mindset Nick McLeod is going to be your number two, your other starting cornerback across from Kyrie Elam come opening day, come opening he, opening kickoff. You think he's going to unass uh, Dan Jackson? I do, I do. I think he, I think he's everything I read is he he's making plays. He, he's all over the place out there. And I think his versus, I think he's going to have a roster spot. I think he's going to be a surprise roster inclusion at the minimum. I hear they're trying him at safety. The injuries to Poyton higher early on in training camp have uh, allowed for some of these uh, cornerbacks who ha- are kind of in the Aaron Williams mold of being a little bigger to, they've been trying out at safety like Benford, uh, Christian Benford, the, the seventh round pick this year and uh, and Nick McLeod. But Nick McLeod made a ton of plays in preseason last year. Kind of the you get he got that camp crush label, that preseason crush label. Uh, I thought he's going to be a guy to make the team last year. Ends up on the practice squad. The Bengals snatch him. Realize that that he had some potential. Ends up back with the Bills, thankfully. But uh, everything I read from training camp is this guy just makes plays and 
you know, in his second year here uh, with his versatility, I, I just think you, you look at his his college career. He started at North Carolina State, transfers to Notre Dame his senior year, his fifth year senior. And, you know, nothing, nothing flashy, but just a solid player. You know, he only had one interception, but he had eight passes deflected. So I just think he's he's gonna he's gonna make some noise, and it might not be he's he's gonna be in that Cam Lewis mold. He's gonna be a guy who's just solid, but uh, I'm excited for for what he could bring. I I I like what I've been reading about him. I would agree. Uh, Nick McLeod looks sharp. He looks good. Uh, they're mixing him, as you said, at safety and at corner. Um, he doesn't seem to be. It doesn't seem to be too much for him at either spot. Uh, he he went to NC State, like you said, and I, that's like an hour from where I live. Uh, my daughter went there for cheerleading camp a few years oh, back man. when she was in high school and oh yeah uh she was she didn't go to the school she goes to a different university here in uh, the Fayetteville area of North Carolina but she, she went to NC State so you know those schools up there and uh, UNC and NC State kind of hold a dear dear spot in my heart but yeah I, I love what I've heard about Nick McLeod I just think it's gonna be hard for him to top that that cra- crack that cornerback room if he does I think it'd be like as you know the sixth corner or the fifth safety, you know, that kind of role there where he's like, we can put in both because they do like that position flex from players. Mm-hmm. But I think that they do have that in Saran Neal as well. So the question is, uh, how, how do you fit another guy like that in when you have Saran Neal? And I think that Cam Lewis is also looking pretty good in camp. So Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde both mentioned Cam Lewis and, and how he's stepped up. And then they've also named Nick McLeod. So I think those two names are going to be vying for that last spot. Uh, personally, yeah, when I, I did my camp. roster prediction, I think Saran's going to have a good camp too. Yeah. He's he's a, he's a solid camp too, and then he's a special teamer, so he's yeah, not going a special anywhere. Special teamer on the team, yeah, he's not going. <laughs> he'll he'll be fine. Um, Nick McLeod intercepted Matt Barkley. It's Matt Barkley, yes, but still making plays. Um, twice earlier in camp, uh, last week. So, and like I said, he just seems to be a guy who you know always pat you know pops up on these training camp reports. And last year in the preseason, he showed out, and uh, I think he's going to do the same this preseason. So I'm excited to see what Nick McLeod can. Uh, can bring to the table this preseason going into this upcoming season here. Uh, Izzy, third and final pick. Who do you who are you taking? This one is this one's tough because there's an obvious pick and then there's an under the radar pick. Or there's two obvious picks and then there's an under the radar pick. Um, hang, do I go with one of the obvious ones or do I go with the under the radar? That's that's the question. <laughs> Screw it, I'm going obvious. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Tremaine Tremaine Edmonds going like into it. his yeah. final year. Uh, it was either him, Von Miller. Or it was That's, uh, yeah, Von Miller was the obvious, obvious choice for everyone. Right. <laughs> uh, but Tremaine Edmonds, the story behind Tremaine Edmonds, like there's, there's a story behind Von Miller, but you know it's less interesting and less drama filled than the Tremaine Edmonds last year of his contract, 23 years old, same age as people getting drafted at you know this year. 23 is in that age range of people getting drafted. Yep. 20, you know, 21 to 24 is usually the range. He got drafted at 19 years old, still growing into his body and his mind. And his mm-hmm. camp has been going solid. Having a proper offense or defensive line in front of him, he's been able to play free. Yeah, side to sideline football. You know, intercepting Josh Allen, climbing the ladder to do so. I mean, that, that, the interception he had the other day was crazy. And yes. Josh put the ball in a perfect spot. And he still went up and got it. And that's what yep. we've been waiting for for Schmidt is to be able to use his body in a way that you know is more conducive to the defensive progress. He he was 22 last year. Again, the age of most rookies coming into the NFL. And mm-hmm. he's still kind of figuring out his body. His body is still not done growing and developing. He's still learning that and football. And, you know, some people will say, well, you know, there's no excuse. And I don't think it's an excuse. I, I just think it's the natural progression of a human being's life. And 
you know, if you let that guy go, he might go somewhere else and turn into the Leonard, uh, the Darius Leonard that, you know, they got. They drafted him. He was 23 years old. He's 27 now. Shaquille Leonard now. <laughs> no, Darius Leonard for the, for the yeah, Colts. He, 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 yeah, he's going by Shaquille now. Is he? Go- oh, is he? Yeah, I don't know. Don't ask me. All right. Hey, do your thing, yeah, man. Who knows? Yeah, I'm He's he's, Robbie, he's dope. So Robbie you know, Anderson I'm not going to question it. His name. What is it? Sad Robbie man? Anderson is not a R O B B Y anymore. It's R O B B I E. I don't know. Apparently, you could just change your name on a whim now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Robbie Anderson is just. I don't think he's the the elite player that that anybody cares. You know, but, but Darius Leonard though, Nobody like does. that dude's yes, that that, that dude's, dude's an elite guy. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Tremaine but, making splash splash plays. That's the key phrase with Tremaine to me. Like. I can't think of his first in his first four years. You know, I can count on maybe a, a single hand how many splash plays Tremaine Edmonds has made. I mean, you know, game clinching, you know, game changing, game defining plays. So that's what momentum I want to see changing. from Tremaine. Yes, momentum changing. You know, that's what I want to see from. And, it, and it's not you know an interception against the Texans when you're up by thirty. You know, not that, that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about yeah. you know if it's a close game, team mm. if the opposing team is in the red zone and it's uh it's fourth down and five. Like, is Tremaine going to make a play here? Uh, that's the plays I want okay. to see Tremaine make. So uh, the the athleticism's there. It's always just been between the years with me. It's always been the mental with Tremaine. Is he picking the right lanes? Is he engaging? Uh, is he using his athleticism to get off of blocks? Things like that. And that's what I want to see from Tremaine taking this the next leap, using his athleticism, use, becoming a little more mentally aware of what's going on around him. So, you know, this is the year to do it. Contract year, fifth year, it's... It's, you know, I hate this phrase, but put up or shut up time for Tremaine, I think, because he is a two time pro bowler. He's triple digit sacks every or tackles every year. So the the stats are there. The production's there. Just I need those splash plays from Tremaine. Yeah, I agree. Uh, So when I say Tremaine is the guy to watch, I mean, for good or bad, like for better or for worse, this is the year he needs to, you know, show us who he is or be replaced. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, and I think, you know, playing against Milano and you mentioned the, the defensive line in front of him, you know, much improved this year. And I think that'll help Tremaine. I think when we saw Tremaine at his best, when we've seen Tremaine at his best, he's instinctual. He's, he's not thinking he's just kind of naturally flowing through the game. It seems like, and I would hope with a improved defensive line that, you know, gets to the quarterback more consistently and, you know, Tremaine doesn't have to think as much. He can just naturally play the game and that and it's just going to come to him. And, you know, he'll, he's just going to be, you know, guy yeah. to ball. Like, you know, see the ball, get the ball kind of guy. So I, yep. I, that's what I'm hoping like for. That's my hoping uh, replacements. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Tremaine Edmonds, great pick. Very excited for Tremaine. And, and that's that's a kind of a statement listeners of this podcast don't hear from me often because I haven't been the biggest Tremaine Edmonds fan. I need to see some consistency from him. I need to see those splash plays from him. I need to see him be the guy that they traded up to get the young middle linebacker prodigy out of Virginia Tech that we drafted Mm -hmm. five years ago. So, um, you know, this is is the year to do it. I think he's must see 
and it's not because of necessarily success, but just so we can finally figure out what he is and if he's going to be the guy. So it, it's not necessarily a positive or negative thing when I say he is a guy to watch because he, he's just a guy to watch because he is going to be a important decision this, this coming season. So yeah, with that, yeah, that you know, a, it's that's a good point. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be make it or break it for him either way. And I think that's just as important as all the guys we think are going to be successful, like a Kyrie Elam, like Isaiah McKenzie, uh, like Ed Oliver and, you know, uh, McLeod and Dane Jackson, everybody else that we sit here and say, hey, this guy's a good player and we know what he is. We don't know what Tremaine Evans is, really. We, we know he's a two-time pro bowler, but that's not really a thing. You know, he's not an all pro. He's... You know, never been a sack leader, never had a bunch of interceptions, not a big splash plays, as you said. But he's also very young. So, you know, there's there's that small thing that comes with it. But his role is super important for a guy so young. Like, he's a middle linebacker on this defense is, is paramount. And I think that the guy is going to either make it or break it this year. But the way they've loaded up on the defensive line, I, I think it leans more towards a make it year. Because the last time he had really good success, he, the last time he looked good and really had those splash plays was, mm-hmm. I think, his second year when he had Lorenzo Alexander still around. His last year with, with Lorax was the guy was the year that he really showed something. And then, you know, the two years without him, it's been kind of lackluster. So I think having Von Miller, you know, a, a guy who can really get after the quarterback, and then uh, Jordan Phillips being back in the fold again, those those additions like that, where you guys, you have guys being able to rush from the center and from the outside back in the fray with the team, it allows him to play more free. You're not going to have him, you know, making multiple reads like he, he used to have to because he's not going to have to do that anymore. Right. So I right. think simplifying right. the game for him is going to open things up for him. I think it's going to be huge. Yeah, that's a, that's an excellent point. So um, hopefully he can become like the Luke Keekley we, we always <laughs> hoped he would be, you know, McDermott coming from Carolina. And then it's always yeah. odd because like Luke Keekley has been at training camp the past like three years, I think, for a couple days or so. <laughs> and it's always like and Bill says, like, I'm retired. Come on. Here? Yeah, it's like under tire, but then we're like, oh, is, is Tremaine going to be the next Luke Keekley? <laughs> we don't want to give up on him yet because he's young. It's like, but that's Luke so, Keekley, though. <laughs> it's like, I know, I know. It's like everybody complains about the Panther connection. It was like, come on, give me that one, that one. That's who we hope for uh, Tremaine to be the guy who was just Luke Keekley was always making plays. Just to be, he was at the right place at the right time, all over the field. So that's who I want Tremaine to be, and I think he can. Like, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm usually down on him on this podcast, but I'm. I'm ex- genuinely excited to see him this year because I, I think you're right. It, it's it's leaning more towards make for him. And, uh, you know, we can have an hour long discussion about Tremaine Edmonds, but <laughs> we only we have so much time here. Um, great. That's great. Why I had to be him. Final, that's why I had to be him. final pick there for my third and final pick. I am going to go. Well, let's see. Dun, dun, dun. I, I I got to go. I got to go. This guy, I think he's super important to this offense and that's Bobby Hart. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just, I had to, I'm sorry. I I just had to. Um, No, I'm actually going to go with um, another rookie and be little. (laughs) I didn't really, I'm going to go with with the punt God. Oh, snap. You don't get excited about a punter often and not since brian mormon yeah since brian mormon getting clocked by sean taylor Uh, (laughs) um yeah brian mormon Mormon was fast he was he was he was a elite sprinter he was an athlete he was was an an athlete i remember those pro bowls he would compete in like the skills competition with the dbs and wide receivers (laughs) and even keep up he He was was fast he was an athlete he didn't Um, look fast though like if you saw his face Right. Yeah. He looked like a thumb. Yeah. 
<laughs> he didn't look like an athlete. But you don't get generally excited about hunting. It's just kind of there. It's just a part of the game. And the punters do what punters do. They they kick the ball. But the way Matareza kicks the ball is unlike anything I've seen so far. <laughs> um, the punt god holds a special place in my heart. And I'm just super excited to see him just boom 70 to 80 yard punts in the preseason. I don't care if he kicks it 30 yards out of the back of the end zone. I don't care. I really don't. I don't care if the hang time's not that good. I just care if he racks that ball and takes the skin off of it <laughs> on every single punt. Um, I mean, it's his job to lose at this point. I mean, I've read that Matt Hawk has had a pretty good training camp. Um, I, I think he has a long uphill battle ever since they drafted Ariza, but Based on his Hawks performance last year, um, I think it was an uphill battle. And I think he just kind of is just like, F it this year. I'm just going to stop with this coffin corner and position kicking and, you know, placement kicking. I'm just going to boom the ball or try to boom the ball. I think it's been better for him. He's getting better hang time than Ariza, but it's Ariza's job to lose. And things I've read just, I mean, there's not a lot. I mean, everything gets you excited, right? Josh Allen gets you excited because he's Josh Allen and he's incredible. And Diggs gets you excited because he's Diggs and he's a great route runner and one of the best receivers. But no, but we haven't talked about a punter like this. So I'm excited to see a punter. Yes, I admit it. I feel like I'm in a therapy session. He's an athlete hi, my too. Name is Ma- hi, my name is Matt, and I'm excited to see another Matt kick a football a long way. <laughs> Step one. <laughs> yeah, and he's an athlete too. That's a good thing. Like he he can make tackles. And he's got a four six speed. So yeah, yeah, that's he's, a, it's he's a great. And I I read an article from Five Thirty Eight, which is for those who don't know, like purely analytics, you know, data driven analytics stuff. They had an article about Matterize last year at San Diego State, talking about how his punts actually helped like offensive advanced analytics in some way, like. You know, whether it was the opposing offenses having to drive a farther distance or it, it helped like offensive DVOA and defensive DVOA, like just those advanced analytics stats just from his punting alone. So not only is he a great punter and he can change, you know, field position on a, on a dime and, um, you know, put the defense in good positions and get them out of jams. But if it's helping offensive stats and more points per game and you know even if it's by like two points per game like that can make a difference i don't it's just weird to say like i'm excited to see a punter sue me <laughs> and he's an athlete I, I i think there's things you can do with him. like you mentioned brian mormon i think we can get into brian mormon-esque territory here um yeah you know with fake punts and stuff and threatening that so oh, yeah. i'm excited so I, I do like the arise of pick and i think that is it is his job to lose um, and again, <clears throat> you and I are in agreement with the Matt Hawk situation. Like he looks a lot better this off season, but we all still remember last year very, very vividly with the oh, shanks wow. and the knuckleballs and all the BS. Can't where, sleep at night. It haunts like, my it's, nightmares. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's awful. And it's like, dude, we could have we could have won a couple more games. Some some of those games where we lost by single digits where I think we lost oh, yeah. all of our games where the game was within single digits were because the field position was just not being able to be flipped. And yeah, that, that's really a what detriment. Was it, what was the game last year? That's a good point. Is what what was the game last? Year? Was it Tennessee? I want to say Tennessee. Yeah, when like Tennessee was when one our of start them. our starting field position was like our own seventeen yard line, and Tennessee's starting field position was like the forty eight. Yeah, it was it was pretty terrible. It was like, dude, if we could have if we had a kicker who could kick the ball f- eight what eighty six yards was his long. Yeah, 
That's a rises long. It was 86 yards last year. You get a guy who can, who can punt at 86 yards. There's no way in Vortex. hell they're starting from the 40. Like this kid's, a, he's a just a freaking nuclear missile. Just yeah. Debo, that- Debo Samuel's new contract. I think he's he's listed as a weapon, not a wide receiver or running back. He's listed as a weapon. Um, I think that when Matareza comes and gets his second contract, that he's going to be listed as a weapon, not just a punter. Yeah, the I'm nuclear option. Yes, the nuclear boom. Um, yes. So Matt Ariza, my third and final pick. I'm excited to watch. It's it's not just you know oh it's a punt we're gonna go to commercial you know <laughs> no I'm excited to see punts this year in the preseason and this season. So um there. We could have, we, Izzy, we could have picked a bunch of guys like James Cook's having a great camp, yep. it seems like. You know, I tried to uh, resist that Khalil, one. Khalil Shakir. Um, just, I, those guys, I'm excited to see just how, again, how Dorsey utilizes them. They're just another added weapon. It seems like Shakir can do anything, you know, and that Debo Samuel, I just mentioned him, but, you know, in that Debo Samuel mold where you line him up in the backfield or in the slot or outside, and it just seems like he's versatile all across the offense. Uh, James Cook coming out of the backfield as a screen pass guy, like there's and guys on defense too. I mean, we mentioned I mentioned Daquan Jones. I'm very excited to see what he brings to the table. Um, you look know, at a whole a rookie like, class. The whole just rookie class is just looks making good. Some Benford didn't look so good here. week one. You know, last week, last week Benford didn't look that great. But since the pads have been on, Benford's been running with the first team at times and doing well. So yeah, yeah. Uh, um, the whole rookie class from you know Kyrie Elam, James Cook, uh, Terrell Bernard, who we didn't mention, looks excellent. Uh, freaking Areza, yeah, really good. Uh, freaking uh, who's our uh, Specter, he might make the team, and we might, you know, he might take Andre Smith's job, you know, because of the whole yeah uh, suspension thing, yeah, the suspension for six weeks, and he's he looks good on special teams and on defense. So Specter is is another one. Freaking Tanuda is the most solid. interesting to me. Benford yeah, is interesting like, he, to me. Yeah, because he doesn't come from a football school. He comes from a basketball. Exactly. School. They just happen to have, from they just happen to have a football team. Yeah, and it's like but you, who but you comes from Villanova? Stats, I mean, he's he's ball hawk. He's a ball hawk. Fourteen interceptions through thirty six games for Benford. That's that's intriguing. I mean, that's that's a skill set you can't teach. So, I mean, there was, there was another small school corner named Joshua Williams who came out of uh, Fayetteville State, and I only know because I live like twenty minutes from that school. And it's yep. a D, it's a D three, you know, historically black college university right here in Fayetteville, North Carolina, obviously. Uh, and that kid went in the third round to the Chiefs, but I watched this tape, and the tape is crappy quality. Like it's it's a really small school. Yeah. But you'd still think to be able to afford better cameras. But that kid was a ball hawk, and he looked good. But he was playing against Division Three, Division Two competition. He wasn't playing top level, you know, competition. But he got drafted that high. And Benford, he was still in Division One school. It just happened to be Villanofun. So it's, it is what it is. That school's known for basketball teams. They have what the number one ranked basketball team in the last couple of years going into the Final Four. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're always the, up you know, there. There's always four number ones, right? You get four brackets, and you have four ones, and they're always one of the four. Yep. They're a basketball so powerhouse. Yep. And it's just, so, they, they got one in the NFL. Now Christian Bepper is going to change that. Now they can be a football powerhouse. <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah. Yeah. But so many, so many guys. Basketball money. <laughs> That's right. Well, so many guys NF, NFI, well. Lechless, or NIL, right? The, the new thing with the NCAA. They can yeah, use their basketball money to get some football players. Name, image, likeness. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to take advantage of that. Although I think it's I think it's more of like these like college kids doing like I don't know like Roy's plumbing services like local yeah well there's that but there's also some of these schools there's also some of these schools getting bigger uh, sponsors for them and guaranteeing money you know 
the school can't pay them directly, but they can say, hey, we're the University of Alabama and we're sponsored by Geico. So we'll get you in a Geico commercial and they're going to pay you millions. I'm like, right. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> That's a good point. So, um, Izzy, thank you, my friend. It was great to have you on. We're, we'll definitely have to have you on again uh, in the season here. Tell the listeners if they don't already know where they can find you and and where uh, when the Red Zone Report drops on Built in Buffalo. All right, so I am Izzy, uh, full name Ismael Manero Jr. So if you see me on YouTube commenting on some of the things, if you see Ismael Manero Jr., that's Izzy. Don't be scared to say what's up, Izzy. Uh, my man Daniel Garris always does. But you can catch me on the Red Zone Report on the Built-in Buffalo YouTube channel, 7 p.m. Sundays. Uh, it drops the next day on Monday on the B- Built-in Buffalo Podcast Network. Uh, on Twitter, you can catch me. I am at TFP Rican, that freaking Puerto Rican. That's me. And, you know, usually I'm just sharing most guys' stuff. But if I see something interesting or I have something interesting, I think that's, you know, some, I think that's interesting to say. You know, you'll see me drop it on there. But mostly I'm supporting the guys on Twitter. Uh, and I do a lot more on the Facebook and the YouTube side. So uh, I appreciate everybody's support. Every time, you know, I see uh, I have a certain little fan base that I see that, are always on my stuff and they're they're doing other people's videos now too. Uh, it, it's, it's fun. So everybody enjoy all of built in Buffalo, but you can catch me at seven on Sundays. Red zone report. Point check red zone report out. We were frequent watchers as well. So you, you're doing great stuff on that show and with your breakdowns and, you know, roster breakdowns and everything you've been doing lately, Izzy. So uh, keep up the good work, man. And thank you for joining us. Uh, we always like to say, hope you didn't have a funny time, but hope you had a witty good time. So uh, um, so thank you for joining us, man. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you later. And make sure you follow Izzy, everyone, and watch Red Zone Report on Sunday nights. All right. There we go. Well, He's witty and not funny. <laughs> is that like a, an Irish accent? What is that? Scottish. <laughs> Scottish. It's like oh, it's like fat boy. bastard from uh Austin Powers. Yes. Our our favorite Austin Powers character. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks, uh, Izzy, man. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Thank you for having me. All right. Peace out. Later, man. Once again, thank you to Izzy. Go check Izzy out on the Built in Buffalo Facebook page on YouTube. Sunday nights, the Red Zone Report. Great show. Just another great show Built in Buffalo is giving you. Every single day, giving you great content built in Buffalo. But we have to wrap up. Thank you to our sponsor, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Koozie starting at just $5. Check out all the designs. Get your koozie today. Tell them the Way Not Funny Sports Podcast sent you. T-shirt store, teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Check out the cool designs. Support the podcast. Get a t-shirt right before the season. Great talking point. Great icebreaker. You'll be the talk of your tailgate party, your viewing party. For all Bills fans, awesome designs. T-E-E-Spring.com. Search Witty Not Funny. All one word. Where to find the podcast? You can find the podcast, as always, on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. iTunes, Spotify. Search Witty Not Funny. Search Built in Buffalo. You'll find us. If you like us, leave us a review. Subscribe. We always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for everyone who's who's tuned in here as we approach 100 episodes. Um, Twitter handles. Tony, you can find at Tony Ambrose. You can find the podcast at Woody Sports 716 By Built in Buffalo, at Built in Buffalo underscore. Follow us. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Follow everything. We're giving you that built in Buffalo is giving you just hit us up. We love falling back. We love connecting to the Buffalo sports community out there. So hit us up. Go Bills. Go Sabres. 
uh, send off for the listeners. Um, Tony would say something existential and probably more deeper than I would. Uh, and as I always say, of course, go Bills. Stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace. Sean is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It's still it, swollen. It, it kind of looks like a football, actually. It, Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a problem. It builds a problem. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.